One of the greatest nights of the year. It's so um, exciting to be able to relive all over again the story of Jesus showing up on earth and listening to the story of the angels singing and the wise men and all of that. But you know, for the last uh, couple of weeks, we've been talking about one of the promises that came to us that first Christmas night so long ago. The promise is recorded for us, of course, in Luke chapter 2. And so I want to invite you to take a look at it with me one more time. We'll put it up here on the screen. It says this in Luke chapter 2. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to them on whom his favor rests. The Bible tells us suddenly. It doesn't use the word whoosh, but I like that anyway. But it says that the angels showed up, appeared in heaven, just remarkably so, and the message that they had was, God gets glory in heaven, and on earth, we get peace. Now, of course, the struggle that we've been having for most of the last couple of years, and especially around Christmas time, I think, is that peace feels far from us. Peace feels like something that uh, we might have had in the past, or maybe other generations have experienced it, or maybe one of these days in the future we'll experience peace, but not so much these days. Last year at this time, we were doing a live stream only Christmas Eve worship gathering. We had pre-recorded everything. It was Chuck, Jen, and me, and I don't even know if our kids were in the room at the time, but it was just basically the three of us who were here, uh, the only ones in the building, and we did everything virtually last year. And I tell you, I firmly believed at the end of last year's Christmas Eve that that would be the only weird Christmas Eve we ever had. And yet here we are again, and we're asking people to either wear masks or get shots or both or get tests, the world is still as upside down as it has ever been. And we have asked God for peace, but it seems like it's far from us. But you know, there's this passage, I've read it once before in the last couple of weeks, and it's the, it's the time for us to remember a promise Jesus gave us about peace. But before we do that, I want to ask you to just take a moment, because Christmas is often the most stressful time of the year, I want to ask us to just take a moment and breathe. Just close your eyes and take a breath and allow yourself to just be for just a moment. Some noises in the room, yes, but just be. One of the weird moments in life is anytime we get reminded that I can have peace literally anytime. I can have a moment of peace literally anytime. Now, granted, the kid might be making some noises or he might be kicking your shins, but you can choose to have a moment of peace literally anytime. But it's better than that. Because, see, Jesus is the one that we call the Prince of Peace. 
And truth be told, Jesus is the person on this planet who probably experienced the least amount of peace in terms of his relationships with other people. It seems like he was always being antagonized by other people. He was always at odds with other people, even to the point, I mean, you just tell the the Christmas story to yourself again and you hear it all over again. Uh, Joseph and Mary lived in Nazareth. Mary's pregnant, but they're not married yet. Mary claims that the baby is, is a miracle from God. That's weird enough, but just let's wait until Jesus enters the picture and he's a baby who's lying down in a manger instead of in any sort of crib or bed or even just on his mom's lap. He's lying in a manger and he's not in his hometown, he's in Bethlehem and he's far away and then smelly shepherds visit and then the wise men visit and all this kind of stuff. And the whole bottom line is that if you trace Jesus's life, you don't find a lot of experiences in Jesus's life where he is is going through a time of peace, right? I mean, he's got turmoil constantly, people pressuring him, and once he starts healing people, then they're always about him, and he's, either he's healing the right person or the wrong person, or doing it on the right day or the wrong day, and it's just so much stress culminating in the moment when he's arrested and tried and executed. Now, I know you know the story. You know the story that a couple days later, after he's executed on the cross, he comes back to life, and that's an amazing story. And a lot of times, we get ourselves into the mindset that the tragedy of his crucifixion isn't really that much because there's the resurrection on the other side of the weekend. But at the same time, there's a human being, Jesus, God in the flesh, in real human body, who's walking through that tragedy, who's experiencing it. And wouldn't you like to know that Jesus knew it was going to happen? Now, if you know you're being executed the next day, and yet you're not even arrested yet, what do you do? You know the plan is to execute you tomorrow. You know the plan is to have the people arrest you tonight. What do you do? Well, for me, if I'm stuck in that town, I'm stressing. If I'm not stuck in that town, I'm racing. I'm gone. I'm out of there. But Jesus tells us he knows and tells us he's okay because he's trying to let us in on a little secret of peace that he has. Let me show you this passage. It's in John, and Jesus says this. After he said this, meaning he was introducing the meal they were sharing together with him and his disciples, he says, very truly, he was troubled in spirit and testified, very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. Jesus knows in advance that there is a person sitting at that table with him who's going to betray him. And the question that I have for you, the question I have for myself is how messed up would that make me feel? How stressed out would I be? Well, It just so happens that later on this same evening, Jesus shares some words with his followers that should be inspiring to us. I'm going to start at the end of the section and work my way backwards. Here it is in John chapter 16. Let's put that up here. It says in John 16, 33, Jesus says, I've told you these things. What things? We're going to come to that. I'm going to to go through the passage in reverse order. We're going to start here at the end. I've told you these things. And we're going to start with the reason why he's told them these things. And then we're going to go find out what he told them, okay? So the reason I've told you these things is so that in me you may have peace. And in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome this world. I mentioned this before. Jesus hasn't been crucified. He hasn't been risen from the dead yet. But he still says he's overcome the world, which means he's experiencing something in that moment. 
He himself is experiencing something in that very moment, the moment where his betrayer has just left, the moment before he's arrested, the evening before he is crucified, the world's most gruesome, excruciating death from which we get the word excruciating, from the word crucify. Anyway, Jesus is anticipating all these things, and yet he says, I've overcome the world. Okay, so what is it that he told them that was so powerful it could help us overcome the world and experience peace? You ready? Let's go backwards. And as you trace the passage backwards, you eventually come across this verse. It says this, A time is coming and has in fact come when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet, I am not alone, for my Father is with me. You see, Jesus says, even if everybody on the planet just completely abandons me, that's no big deal because I am always with my Father, and my Father is always with me. Now, I don't know if you grabbed one of our note sheets or you're using our app, but if you want to take some notes or just imagine and remember this, I want to give you a phrase, one of just a few phrases tonight for us to sort of carry with us this Christmas season and into the new year. It's this, bring, excuse me, being with God brings peace. Being with God brings peace. Jesus says, I know you're going to betray me. I know you're going to run away from me. I know you're going to abandon me. I know tomorrow by this time I'm going to be hanging on a cross. I know all these things, but guess what? I'm not alone. Guess what? I'm not bothered. Guess what? I'm not worried. Guess what? I've overcome the world because my Father is with me. Being with God brings peace. Your question and my question is simply this. Well, how do I get with God? I want that peace. I want to experience that peace. So how do I get with God? Trace the passage backwards just a little bit farther and we come across these words. It says this, no, the Father himself loves you. Not just Jesus. It's not that the Father loves Jesus, Father, Son, they love each other. It's the Father loves you also because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. Jesus is very clear. He says, my Father loves me And I'm okay with whatever the world throws at me because I'm with him. But guess what? The Father also loves you. See, you're not a person who needs to convince God to spend time with you. You're not a person who needs to convince God to pay attention to you. You're not a person who needs to convince God to somehow love you. You don't have to be better than you were yesterday in order for God to love you more than he did yesterday. In fact, God already loves you. There's just one hinge to that statement. Jesus says, my father loves all who love me. Faith in Jesus is the thing that brings us closer to God. Okay, so being close to God brings me peace. Faith in Jesus brings me closer to God. So if I want peace, I need to be with God. If I want to be with God, I need to have faith in Jesus. And let's just see if Jesus has given us any more information. Trace the passage backwards just a little farther and we come across this. In John 15, Jesus says, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you've been with me from the beginning. This is amazing. Jesus says, if you want peace, you need to be with my Father. If, you're with, if you want to be with my Father, you have to follow me. Put your faith in me. And if... You have faith in me. It's more than just being with the Father. The Spirit of God himself is going to come to you, dwell with you, stay with you, live with you, fellowship with you. I will send to you from the Father the Spirit of truth. There's just one thing. 
What the Spirit loves to do is talk about Jesus. And so the more I talk about Jesus, the more I get to experience God. This is a very interesting thing. If the Spirit of God loves talking about Jesus, then when I'm talking about Jesus, the Spirit of God is like, yeah, I want in on this conversation, and He's right there. Now, the Bible will promise you that the Spirit's going to be with you all the time, but our awareness of His presence in our lives changes all the time. So, I have faith in Jesus, and that brings me close to God, which brings me peace. But if I talk about Jesus, now I have the Spirit who is helping me experience that closeness with God on another level. One more passage. Go backwards just a little farther, and in John 15, 9, it says this, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That means following Jesus leads to real joy. There's all kinds of stress you're going to face this world. There's all kinds of stress you're going to face in this world this coming week, this coming year, the rest of our lives. Every one of us is going to face that stress. But Jesus has come, past tense. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, has already arrived, past tense. Jesus had overcome the world even before he was killed and crucified and rose again. Jesus, past tense, has brought peace. Our job is to step into it. If I want that peace, I need to be close with God. If I want to be close with God, I need to have my faith in Jesus. If I want to experience it in a real way in my regular life, I need to talk about Jesus and the Spirit will be with me in those moments. And if I live in a way that follows Jesus, I will experience the joy of Jesus. You know that song, Joy to the World? We're going to close our service today with that song. And the way to get to that place of joy in this world is to be people who recognize that I can walk with Jesus anytime. There's a word that is common around Christmas time. It's the word Emmanuel. It means God with us. And so I want to give you this final phrase to think about. Emmanuel, God with us. No matter what, no matter what we face, we can have peace because God is with those who are with Jesus. No matter what we face, we can have peace because God is with those who are with Jesus. I'll say it one more time. No matter what we face, we can have peace because God is with those who are with Jesus. Before we sing the song, Joy to the World, we're going to sing a traditional Christmas song. We do every single Christmas Eve. We're going to sing Silent Night. And whether the room is silent or not, we're going to sing about the silent night because here's the thing. No matter what we're going through, we can have peace because God is with those who are with Jesus. If you have never made a decision to follow Jesus with your life, if you've never made a decision to put your faith in Him, if you've never made a decision to actually talk about Him with the people in your life, I want to give you the opportunity tonight to quiet your hearts and make that commitment. You can do it any time. Jesus promises eternal life and the presence of God for everybody who put their faith in Him. And that could be you right now, right tonight. 
Or maybe for you, it's something that you've done before, but you want to renew it and you just want to reaffirm it. This is the time. Christmas Eve is the time to open the gift that God is giving to you. The gift of His presence, the gift of His Holy Spirit, the gift of Jesus moving in your life and the gift of eternal life that He has promised as a result. And so in just a moment, we're going to be quiet, we're going to be silent as much as we can in the room, and I want to ask you in that moment of silence to just simply say a prayer between you and God. And Maybe tonight your prayer is, God, I want to give you my life all over again. Maybe your prayer tonight is, God, I want to give you my life for the first time. Maybe your prayer tonight is, God, I need your forgiveness for all the bad stuff I've done, and I need to experience your presence, your peace, and your joy in my life. Or maybe your prayer tonight is, God, I can't make any commitment right now, but I feel you tugging on my heart, and I just want to move in your direction. Help me take at least a step. Let me pray for you. We'll take a moment of silence, and then we'll sing our final song. Thanks for listening to this message from Lafayette Community Church. We are all about helping you live the life you were made to live. God made you. God loves you. And His plans for you are perfect. So if you are anywhere near Lafayette, Indiana, join us this weekend at one of our worship gatherings. And wherever you are, check us out online at lafayettecommunitychurch.com.